Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Yeah, the Georgia Bulldogs set a record this weekend for players from one school selected in a seven-round draft. 15 overall, including five in the first round. Oh, they're national champs. They had a great defense, especially up front. The previous record in the format had been set by Ohio State. 14 players selected in the 04 draft. And LSU also 14 in 2020. Stats Incredible is brought to you by my computer career, training for a better life. So Georgia kind of won the draft, right, from the point of view of a college program. In terms of the NFL teams that won, I think most people, I look, I am loathe to admit the Jets won anything. I'm a Giants fan. But even I have to say, yeah, the Jets had the best draft. Uh, by the way, Key's real rankings, Jets number one draft. Here's Jets GM Joe Douglas on their hall. We got better tonight, and uh, what a great opportunity. A lot of credit goes to our uh, coaching staff and our scouts for all the hard work we put in to make an opportunity like this come, come to fruition. So I feel, feel uh, fortunate that we were able to get three, three players that we feel can really help this team now moving forward. Three players that were in our top eight, so excited about that. Does that mean that the coaching staff contributed to losing so they can get these picks? Up <laughs> oh, germ spreading, Keyshawn Johnson. I I just had to do that because he could. He said that they chipped in. So I, I look at the Jets. They certainly uh, won the draft, in my opinion. When you look at what they were able to do in getting the the, the players and Sauce Gardner and and Garrett Wilson and coming back into the first round and picking up Jermaine Johnson and. Then all of a sudden, sneaky climbing up to get Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, and and then taking Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle, and and Jeremy Ruckner from the tight end out of Ohio State. So when you start to look at some of the picks, they certainly are building for the future. There's no question about it. I like the fact that they stayed pat at number ten and took Garrett Wilson rather than trying to move on from that number ten spot and potentially give it away to get Debo Samuel. You know, if you take a Debo Samuel, who happens to be a little bit older than Garrett Wilson, but it's going to cost a whole lot more money, plus it's going to cost a whole lot more percentage of offensive plays that you've got to uh, account for him to justify the money that you're paying him, and it'll stunt the growth, in my opinion, of Zach Wilson at the quarterback spot. Now you can be a little more balanced across the board. You've got some pretty interesting skill set talent. If you look at each position for the Jets, they, they're deep at each position. A little young, but they're deep at the defensive back position, deep at the linebackers, deep on the defensive line, deep on the, at the offensive line position, deep at the running back position. So now they can pick and choose as these players start to develop. You know, Key, I, I really feel like Jet fans hope that Zach Wilson is the guy. But I feel like at the end of the day, we're going to talk about how Joe Douglas missed on the quarterback. Because one of the things that I've seen happen over the weekend was, you know, I'm, I'm a the Ohio State football fan, right? I've been watching this since I've been a little boy. Both my mom and my dad went to school there, seeing Garrett Wilson play. Like, hearing all the talk around him about how potentially he could be the best wide receiver in the draft class, right? His stock was jumping. It was rising quickly. Seeing the way that the Jets are foundationally adding all the right pieces to this team, right? As a Giants fan, I get frustrated because I'm like, damn it, Gettleman, if we could only have done it that way, we're playing catch-up. But seeing how all the pieces are now becoming in place, 
the whole weekend, I'm sitting there thinking about Zach Wilson. Like, now are you the guy or are you not the guy? Now are you the guy or are you not the guy? And just, look, I know all players, is, us as players key, we love pressure, right? Because either you shine, pressure makes diamonds. I just wonder when it's all said and done, like, does Zach Wilson have it for this team? Like, expectations are slowly changing after this weekend. We're asking questions to experts like Dan Orlovsky saying, hey, will the Jets finish ahead of the Pats? Think about that for a second. Will the Jets with Robert Sella and Michael LaFleur and company with Zach Wilson finish ahead of the Pats? Let me in take it one step further, Bell. Jay. Let me take it's it. a lot of pressure for a young quarterback. Let now. me develop your idea. Like, 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 I want to build on that for a sec. Key, here's the th- where I hear Jets fans right now, Okay. <sighs> You draft a dude second overall. What you're hoping for is that he winds up in the Hall of Fame one day. That he's going to be one of those great elite quarterbacks. Oh, my God. Right? Like Zach Wilson practiced those off-platform throws to look like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and everything. He has this special. That's why you take a guy second overall. I already think that ship has sailed for Jets fans. I don't even think they're thinking about that anymore, Zach Wilson. I think they're just hoping he can become a nice quarterback like the expectations without anyone saying anything key they've already changed because they put a whole bunch of stuff around him and if they thought more highly of him I think there'd be no question oh yeah they're going to be ahead of the Patriots this year I don't hear that I think that they are building a team based on the strength of their head coach I think they're building a defensive unit to kind of mimic what Rex Ryan was able to do with Mark Sanchez. Have a solid defense. They're going to get Larson back. They got a solid defense. If they can get a solid defense to create some havoc, the ball can bounce their way on the offensive side of the ball. You got some skilled position players that flash, whether it's Braxton Berrios, whether it's uh, Elijah Moore, you get Corey Davis up to speed. Maybe Denzel Mims, finally the light comes on for him. You you drafted Jarrett Wilson. You now have Brees Hall at the running back spot. You, you, you've you got Becton and Tucker in the offensive line. Now you pick up Max Mitchell, whether he's in the starting lineup or not. You, you bring the offensive unit along slowly, and you make the defense your strength of the team. Now you probably could compete with the likes of a New England in, in battle for that number two spot behind Buffalo. What about Zach Wilson, Key? See, like, what about well, Zach? I'm going to bring him along slowly like they did Mark Sanchez under Rex Ryan with the hopes that when you unleash him, he's ready to go. So I, I wanted to ask a diehard, and Key, I know you play for the team and obviously you do this for a living every single day, but I am curious from the Jets yes. fan perspective, Mr. Evan Wilner, our producer, what his expectations are, because my man was jumping up and down like the Jets had a legit Couldn't have gone chance. any better. Yeah. Like, we're talking about them getting a wild card spot in the playoffs. I had to read a promo saying that the Jets had a legit chance to get a wild card spot in the playoffs. They'll be in the mix. See? I mean, the schedule comes out next week. I want to see that, obviously. Um, but but they'll be in the mix. Here, here's the thing with Zach Wilson that people keep forgetting. I think people get so are so caught up in what Zach Wilson was at the beginning of their season. How he finished the season? Yeah. Like, people were caught up with, with the, the beginning of the season, like the four picks against New England and stuff like that. This guy didn't turn the ball over late in the season. Like, he came back from that injury and played really well. Now, I know I've seen that before with Sam Darnold at the end of his rookie season. Came back from injury, played really well. Expectations for year two were high. And then he got mono, saw ghosts, and that was that. 
So I think Zach Wilson, like, like my expectation isn't like a Joe Burrow type leap in year two because that's just unreasonable. But I do think if Zach Wilson could be what Mac Jones was last year in his rookie year for the Jets in year two, I think the Jets would take that. What can he be eventually, Evan, in your eyes when you start to think, when you draft him, I'm sure you're thinking, oh, my God, he has a chance to be the greatest. Now where are you with it? Have your ex? Have you readjusted your expectations in terms of his ceiling? My ex, my, his ceiling for me is higher than it was when they drafted him. I didn't oh. like the pick. I did not like Zach Wilson I as see. the draft pick I for see. the Jets. Mm. I thought Trey Lance would have been better because they could have developed him. I actually thought they should have either drafted a different position or traded the pick and kept Sam Darnold. Now, a year later, again, that probably wasn't you know, the right strategy because this draft wasn't great on quarterbacks, but I just wasn't sold on Zach Wilson going to New York into the situation he was in. After seeing him for a year do really well with the New, the New York part of being a rookie, which is important, um, I, I, my expectations are, are you know, I, I think he could be a guy who makes a Pro Bowl and leads the Jets to the playoffs a couple of times. Like he talked about, I think last week the ceiling for him is Andy Dalton. I would take that. Andy Dalton went to the playoffs seven times with the Bengals. Like, I would take that for— But Andy Dalton won the number two pick in the draft either. Yeah. You know, but that's okay, Key. I, I don't—like, so, so the expectation— So that's like, what Max so is saying. So he has Max to win a saying, Super Bowl because he was the number two pick in the draft? How well, many Max quarterbacks is saying you're win happy. the Super Bowl? Like Max is saying, you're happy now, and the number two pick in the draft doesn't mean anything. The Jets have not been to the playoffs since 2010— I would take Zach Wilson just getting them to the playoffs. You know, Key, as we're talking about it, what is good for the Jets, too, if Zach Wilson just can't play, they're going to be picking up near the top of the draft and then sliding a quarterback into an infrastructure that's already built. You know, if he can play, they're going to be good. And if he can't, man, they got a left tackle, they got a left guard, they got a corner, they got a lead wide out, they got a running back, they got a whole lot of, you know, for any quarterback to slide back there. If Zach Wilson can't play... They're going to have a new coach in a couple years. Yeah, right. Yeah. And a quarterback. <clears throat> new coach and new quarterback. It's all going to come down to whether or not Zach Wilson can play. That's for sure. That's what That's what it is, that they hit on everything else in the NFL, man. You could build everything else right. If you don't get quarterback right. All right, let's uh, get back to the NBA, guys. All right, Jay Will running the point. The five things we're going to learn in the second round of the playoffs, Jay. All right, all right, here we go. Things coming up that you're going to see in the playoffs, things that we can learn. Let's get to it. Let's start with number five. At five. I feel like James Harden's rep is about to take a hit. It's already taken a hit before, and I've been the one stating that James Harden, or for this team to win a championship, has to be more of a point guard mentality, get everybody involved. In particular, give the best player, the, the NBA's MVP, the damn ball when it matters the most, which is Joel Embiid, and now Joel Embiid is no longer there, which means the narrative has flipped, and people are asking James Harden to revert back to who he was in Houston. Uh, new slash three people. He is not that version of himself. He is hampered by that hamstring. We're going to be talking more so about what's wrong with James Harden than what's right with James Harden over these next two playoff games. That's number four. Next up. At four. I still feel like the the Grizz, they let one slip away the other night against the Golden State Warriors. And it feels to me that they are lacking the true championship-like experience on their team. I feel like they are one piece away. I think that piece can be Victor Oladipo. We will see if Victor Oladipo will stay in Miami. I highly doubt that. Him getting his contract. And I, I understand there's some hiccups around his injuries. 
But him on the Memphis Grizzlies sure as hell will be a nice additional piece. A, be- a veteran presence could really help them on the perimeter. I still think they have a chance, but if they lose this one, this must win at home. I think it's going to be a wrap for the Grizz. Next up. At three. Collision course. I'm just trying to tell you, I have the Grizzlies in the NBA Finals. I may be wrong. I hope I'm right because I get two Tom Ford suits from Stephen A. Smith. But there is a part of me that just wants to see CP3 go against Stephen Curry. These two have history. Stephen Curry has made CP3 dance. CP3, one of the best two-way guards in the game of basketball of all time to play it. I kind of want to see that matchup, and I want to see that collision course. Next up. At two. The breakup. Now, look. I stand pat that I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can coexist. They have proven that this year. They have a chance to be elite talent together, combined, championship talent. But if they continue to get punished the way they got punished in game one against the Bucs, trust and believe a narrative that will come back up to thrust his rear's ugly head will be about these two can't coexist together on a championship team. And the way Jalen Brown just played in this last game which was an extremely poor, poor performance, you will have people that will be trying to break up this duo moving forward. Mark that one down. And number one. And running point. The real G's moving silent. Giannis did not have a good game (laughs) and still had 24 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists, but on 25 shots, missed a career-high 16 shots. This dude should have had 40, 14, and 13. That's what he should have had. And watching what the Celtics had just done to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and seeing how they could not physically impose their will on the best player in basketball, I think only makes the case for Giannis that regardless of whether it's skill or physical dominance, it is incredibly difficult to stop the most physically imposing player in the game of basketball today. Jake, could you run through five through one real quick for Kendrick Perkins, who is joining us now? Sure. So five, I had Harden's rep is about to take a hit. I think Miami is going to expose him, especially without Joel and B. Perk. Number four, I got the Grizzlies. I still feel like they're going to be in it when it's all said and done, but I feel like they missed one. I feel like they missed a piece. I wonder if Victor Oladipo on this team can make a difference from a veteran perspective. Three, collision course, Suns and Warriors. It's just a matchup, Perk. I want to see CP3 versus Steph Curry. Two, the breakup. You and I talked about it, Perk. I know you've been heavy on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Will they be able to coexist as a championship team? Well, Jalen Brown continues to get punished the way he did. That's going to be a conversation I think it's going to rear his ugly head. And number one, real G's moving silence. I mean, Giannis, we just saw what the Celtics did to Kevin Durant, and I didn't see the Celtics do that to the physically imposing Giannis, who I didn't even think had a great game, had a marginal game with a triple-double. What you think, Perk? You you. You you know what? First of all, what's up, my good brother? What Second of all, I will say, I I say this. I agree with four out of five, Jay Will, and the the one that I disagree with is the one with James Harden. I actually think it's gonna be the other way around. Mm. I really do. I actually think I actually think we're gonna see the James Harden of old, and I think playing against the Toronto Raptors, that length, that size, that athleticism has prepared him to actually go out there and do what he's capable of doing. Because, yes, I understand the the Miami Heat, they have a feisty defense and things to that nature, and they get into you. But they don't have the length and the athleticism of the Toronto Raptors. When you look at OG Abinobi and, and Pascal Siakam and, and Precious and, you know, all those guys that could actually bother James Harden. I get it with P.J. Tucker but and Jimmy Butler, but he's still – 
could come into this series and we can start seeing the James Harden of old. I believe that. KP, we had Tim Legler on our show literally 10 minutes ago, and he said if we're coming into our show tomorrow morning leading with James Harden, that will pretty much mean that the 76ers will lose if he's having an explosive game. He said if you're coming here tomorrow and the lead is Tyrese Maxey, that, that's something that you want to hear as a Philadelphia 76ers fan because that means the ball moved around and James didn't have to revert back to a player that he thought he was that he's no longer. Mm. I mean, that's that's an excellent point. And, I mean, look, we, we can't we all agree that Tyrese Maxey, I believe, is a, is a future all-star in the making right now. I wouldn't put him in the, the superstar caliber level just yet, but I will say a future all-star the way he's been playing – and I think he's got a, a special future and a bright future. He's a special talent. But I just think, man, James Harden, the efficiency that he had in game six, you know, I believe he was seven for 12 from the field. You know, I think he dished out about, what, 14 to 15 dimes on 22 points. And I just I just think that was the game that he needed. Like, when was the last time we saw James Harden blow by somebody and go through the lane in traffic and snatch the screws out the rim like he did? You know what I mean? That was like, oh, okay, James Harden's starting to hear us talk about him a little bit. And, and listen, I've been very critical of James Harden myself. But at the end of the day, I just feel like it's something there that he's going to get a little, you know, a little ump about himself and come out and say, you know what, I'm going to show people what's up. But, Max, Jay Will, let me tell you how it is. When it comes down to being the best player in the NBA, I had to go, go to this point for us with Jay Will. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA, and I think I think it's it's not even a debate. And really, to be honest, I think it's unfair to him because we really have, including myself, really have been disrespecting him over the last three years. He really has been the best player in the NBA over the last three years. I think now since he won a title, and now since he's doubling down, and he seems like he's still starving, and his belly is empty that we're giving him more credit and now acknowledging that he actually is. But I think he actually been the best player over the last three years. Yeah, we're talking about James Harden uh, and, uh, a lot what on up, this Keith? show. What's, oh, you forgot I was even here, huh? I mean, you ain't saying nothing. I'm like, I ain't no well, I gotta let you. I got to let you. No, you flowing. I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to just <laughs> do your deal, right? I'm, I'm trying to give you the floor because this, this is how you shine on this KJM show about this NBA. But what I was going to say to you is we're talking about Harden a lot, right, in, in everything mm-hmm. that he needs to do. But there's somebody else that's on their bench that doesn't wear a uniform, and that's Coach Doc Glenn Rivers, right? So what does he need to do from a rotation standpoint to help James and them out? You know what? I, I think I think we started to see some 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 – some glimpses of that in the in the first round. Like we saw Doc Rivers make the move of putting Danny Green in the starting lineup and and taking uh Thibo out because of the vaccination thing and saying, you know what, we go prepare ourselves not to play with him from the start of the series. And then we start we saw in game six that defensively we saw Doc go out there and throw out a little zone coverage on the Toronto Raptors and dared them to make shots and took away those driving gaps. I think, you know what, a Doc Rivers, an angry Doc Rivers, and I said this on Friday, is really scary to me because I haven't seen Doc Rivers like this. I've seen him behind the scenes when he's been annoyed with, you know, people doubting him and things to that nature, but I've never seen him come out publicly like he has and acknowledge certain situations. 
And I think Doc Rivers has a chip on his shoulder that he want to prove people that and remind people of who the hell he is. And I think that's one of the, the, the best offensive-minded coaches in the game today, the best to get the best out of players. And I think he's going to come out and, and pull this clipboard out, and it's going to be a battle between him and Eric Spolstra. If that's the case, do the Philadelphia 76ers have a chance to win a title this year? Is there The question before the whole trade and everything was, is their championship window, have they opened it? Is it open? Do they have a championship window open right now, Perk? No, Max. No, Max. And let me explain to you why. One is because I strongly believe this. The winner out of the Celtics and the Bucks series is the team that's going to the finals, okay? Mm-hmm. I got the Celtics in seven, and the reason I got them in seven is because I'm scared to death of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the Philadelphia 76ers could actually get through one of those teams. But I do think if they're playing good basketball and playing at, they, at their potential, even if they could steal one of these two games on the road, which I think they can, and get past the Miami Heat, then they can get to the conference finals. But I don't think far as winning the title, no, I don't see that happening. Big Kendrick Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. Big Perk, real quick on Memphis, man. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like they let one get away last night. You, know, just, they, man, you still think they have a chance? I do. I do. And there's certain things that they need to clean up. See, everybody want to look at the last uh, 30 seconds or a minute in the game and forget about the plays that led up to that. Like, they lost by one point. Think about the play that they gave up at the end of the half, right? I think it was Otto, uh, Otto Porter Jr. that scored the lay-in to beat the buzzer. Think about the communication on the switches when they gave up wide-open dunks down in the paint uh, in the fourth quarter because guys weren't communicating and switching out. Like, those plays that you have to take away. And I think, you know, not rebounding the basketball, I honestly believe that they got to go back to big Steven Adams. If I'm, if, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I'm the Memphis Grizzlies, every time Looney is on the floor, I, I'm thinking about putting Steven Adams back on the floor. We know he couldn't play in the uh, Minnesota series because of the talent of Carl Anthony Towns and it wasn't a good matchup for him. But I think if Looney is out there, Steven Adams is capable of actually causing damage. And I think he needs to play. But I, I, I got Memphis still in seven. But I'm with you, Jay Will, on what you said, though. Man, it would be a wonderful thing to see CP3 and Steph Curry mm. go at it just, you know, because we might not ever get a chance to see them again go at it in the Western Conference Finals. Thanks, Perk, as always. All right, Casey. I appreciate you, my good brother. All right, buddy. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. But Key, if you are Aaron Rodgers, if you're 38 years old, like what is your patient level with grooming young wide receivers? For us, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, it's about winning Super Bowls yesterday. I don't know that that Christian Watson won't turn out to be the best receiver in this year's draft or Romeo Dobbs, the best receiver in this year's draft. Guess what, Jay? If I put you on the court with Steph Curry, do you think you're going to be better? Hey, it's a Keith. special learning curve for guys that are veterans when you're coming into a new situation. It right, doesn't that, matter. That, that's okay. different, though, Key. You, you know, know what I'm talking Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Matt Miller joins us now. What's going on, Matt, our draft analyst? How's it going, guys? Good to be back with you. Uh, kept my voice through the draft weekend. That's really all that matters. That's a real trick, isn't it? Let's play hit or miss. You ready, You ready, Matt? Let's do it. All right. This is hit or miss on the draft. Christian Watson to the Packers in the second round. Is that a hit or a miss, Matt? Oh, I think it's a huge hit. Like, I, If they drafted him at 28, it wouldn't have been a surprise. And really, the way we saw six receivers come off the board in the top 20 – if they drafted him at 22, it wouldn't have been that big of a surprise. So I think where they got him, exceptional value, and he, he is exactly what they need with a bigger receiver who also, I mean, this guy played running back. He returned kicks. Uh, and did it well. Not just, though, he, he returned a couple kicks. Like He took two kicks back for touchdowns. So I think this is exactly the type of player they needed. We wouldn't even be asking this question, Matt, if he'd gone in the first round. The reason is, is everybody want the Green Bay Packers to take somebody in the first round. They did exactly what the Green Bay Packers have always done. They took a guy in the second round who had a first round grave in Christian Watson. It's a huge, huge hit for them. Okay, Matt. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants in the first round. I like it. Uh, I am still curious to see how well he's going to work in it when he has to like stop the run. He's a smaller guy. I know he has stopped the run at, at Oregon. It's a little different in the Pac-12 than it is in the NFL. So I'm a little curious to see a guy who's probably 250 pounds, how well he's going to play. I like him in, in that offense, in that defense, excuse me, because of his speed off the edge. I think rundowns are where he's going to have to kind of step up a little bit, and it's going to be a little bit of a, a different you know, introduction to the run game playing in the NFC East. I think it's a hit. I think that the run game is not going to be that significant for him. I think they pit, they want to pin his ears back and let him go do what he does best, which is go – chase the quarterback down from the backside, do, do his thing. He could be in a long line of great New York Giant defensive pass rushers, the Lawrence Taylors, the Michael Strahans, if he does things right and get his ass in gear. Speaking of pass rushers and billboard chart toppers, Jermaine Jackson, according to uh, Key. Oh, sorry, Jermaine Johnson, the second, <laughs> to the Jets in the first round. Matt, is that a hit or a miss? Huge hit. I love this pick, especially where they got him. To get him at 26 when he'd been connected to them for weeks, you know, at maybe 10 overall. It was even, hey, he might go at four. To get him at 26, I, I think that's really, really good value for the Jets. And remember, they also got a third-round pick in that trade that allowed them to get Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end from Ohio State. So one trade, they probably got two starters out of it. So huge hit for them. 
It's a huge hit. Jermaine Jackson, big. He's platinum. No, Jermaine Johnson, when you look at the situation, they could have taken him at 10. They played the smart money. They waited for him to fall. They went back up and got him. This is something that the Jets and Joe Douglas has done extremely well in the draft. Remember, Joe Douglas led the charge for the Philadelphia Eagles for years as their college evaluator and head scout. He's doing it for the Jets now as a general manager. All right, N'Kobe Dean to the Eagles in the third round, Matt. Love. This is a hit, Jay. This is a mm. big hit. I mean, mm. I, I know there's medicals, but I don't think they're this bad. I truly don't. I do think he started to slip because of size concerns, but watch Georgia tape the last year and tell me who the best player on that defense was. It was N'Kobe Dean. He was the heart and soul, and he used to play behind his guy, Jordan Davis, in Philly now, uh, who was clearing a lot of those pathways for him in the run game, so... Absolute hit for the for the. Eagles. I think it's a I think it's a huge hit for him. Run around guy, not the biggest guy in the world, but he certainly flies around. He's not afraid to take things on at the point of attack. And much like you just said, Matt, the heart and soul of that of that uh, Georgia defense for several years now. I can't wait to see him play in Philadelphia up against those Dallas Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. Kills me. The Giants could have had him. That dude has greatness inside. All right. Cole Strange to the Patriots in the first round, Matt Miller. Hit or miss? Ooh, I think it's a miss. Cole Strange may end up being great, but I still think the value is off. And that's like the, the side of the draft that I, I don't think we talk about enough is, hey, this player could still be good. You still could have drafted him later, and you could have traded back and drafted him again and got more draft capital. The, it, this whole draft for the Patriots was weird. It's the oldest draft class I've ever seen for a team. Kind of felt like Bill just didn't care this year, this weekend. You know, It was like, all right, we'll just we'll take a small, fast guy, and we'll make him play receiver and corner. Uh, so I'm going to say a miss on Cole Strange just on value. So, you know, I hate to say it's a miss because I believe in Belichick and the moment that you start counting him out, he goes out there with Mac Jones and a bunch of scraps and put a team together to go to the playoffs a year ago. So I, I believe it's a hit because he knows what he wants and what he likes opposed to what we think he should do. Guy has six rings. I don't give a damn if Tom Brady was a quarterback. He found Tom Brady when everybody else passed on him. Okay, Matt, we got about a minute left. Malik Willis to the Titans in the third round. Hit. I mean, to get him in the third round, my goodness, right? But also, he can learn behind Ryan Tannehill. He's perfect for this offense where they are going to eventually ask him to run the ball a little bit. They're going to let him throw the ball down the field. So they're rebuilding things in Tennessee. But I like Malik Willis here. This is a hit. This is a hit to pick up a guy in the third round as a backup quarterback. But will they be picking up somebody else two to three years from now? Because as they get Malik Willis going in that offense in practice and in the preseason and mop-up duty, will they be satisfied with him? It's okay because he's a third rounder. They can cut bait in two to three years if it doesn't work out the way that they want it to. And then there's an Arch Manning waiting. Key, you got to tell me what to think about Malik Wills. You can't, you can't do the Kayvon Thibodeau to me. You got to let me know what I think about this guy. <laughs> See, all right, that's the thing. Well, that's my mind thing. was convinced otherwise, and I had my good buddy Matt tell me something different that completely screwed Everyone's my brains up. finger pointing. Yes, Everyone's that is correct. Doc Johnson. <laughs> Doc Johnson. All right. Thank you very much, Matt Miller, as Appreciate always. All right, Matt. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So uh Yes. Here we correct. are, guys. Huh. Here we are. Here we are. That's I took my kids to the Museum of Natural History over the weekend, but I know we don't want to talk about that. How right was now. that, by the way? It was pretty good. I liked it. Huh. Took them to see the dinosaur bones and they discussed the, the metaverse blue whale hanging from the ceiling and saw the planetarium, the Hayden Planetarium, and all that stuff. <laughs> what was yeah. that? The dinosaur. It was dinosaur. What kind of dinosaur was it? <laughs> I don't know. One that looks like uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Key, I have a question for you. What? So I know the Jets had an incredible draft. Yes. But like. You would choose the Jets over over Tampa Bay if you got a chance. If you had one selection you could make for one team in the NFL draft, out of all the teams you play for, which one would it be and why? Now you're trying to get me to alienate the fan base against no, me. No, I just want to know. I want to know who, would, who Keyshawn would, Johnson is emotionally attached to. That's well, what here's I what I would say politically. Um, politically. I am I am emotionally attached different times in my career. The New York wow. Jets was young. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers was in the middle. I was divorced. I was enjoying my life. The Dallas Cowboys, I was enjoying my life. And the Carolina Panthers, I was hating my life. So that's what I would say. I would start off with the Jets, number one. If they invited me to come up and and be a part of the draft process for them, I certainly would embrace it. And then I would – Tampa Bay would be second, even though I won a world championship. Do do you – like, this is – a like a, a real question, just I'm curious. So there are guys like in baseball that go into the Hall of Fame in a certain uniform, and you wonder, and a lot of that is in I would go Jets. No, you let's would go not Jets. Even, yeah, for sure. Is that so? Do you think of yourself if you had to choose a team, New York Jet, because they drafted your first overall? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, Jet, and New York is sexier. Mm-hmm. New York is just a, you know, it's just New York. It's right. big. Yeah, it's Sinatra. It's the, you know, it's Jeter. It's the Jackson. It's. Patrick Ewing, it's Strahan, Patrick it's Ewing. Lawrence Taylor. Patrick you know, it's MSG. It's big. I love that you Wall do Patrick Street. Ewing in there. Patrick Broadway. Ewing. Okay, what do you want me to say? I just don't say a neck. Well, I don't know. I'm just say, saying MSG. Say Rory it's Sparrow? What do you want him to say? <laughs> Broadway. It's pizza. It's all the, yeah. the everything you can think. It's New York, New York. It's Jay Z. It's the top of the it's the I, top of the industry. Yeah. I, I feel like New York fits. Right? Yeah. Definitely yeah. fits like personality. I mean, too, I just, New sure. York is, that's what people you know? Are, that's what people are hoping with Thibodeau with the Giants is that he has that kind of showtime personality. He already has that the, no, he got the I'm personality. personality. I'm worried about on the field. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Field. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He's got His production has obviously got to be there, but, but like I told, like he can handle But it. like I would tell Thibodeau, don't manufacture that personality. It's got to be authentic. Gotta don't be, be authentic. trying to do too much. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Oh, Lord. That key, I don't think I've laughed. I laughed like a little kid. I laugh. <laughs> because you know how sometimes when you do television oh. or radio, when you mess up, especially when you're doing quick pace stuff like that, you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but when you say that it, you it had flies such a little, to Pluto, man. You had such a little chuckle like a little kid. I just couldn't I couldn't help. Because it. as soon as I said Jermaine Jackson, I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's not Michael's, yeah. that's yeah. Michael's brother. <laughs> that's Michael's brother. You know what when I when, when you said that earlier, I said, um, somebody's watching me. That wasn't Jermaine Jackson, that was Rockwell. No, this was Jermaine that Yates just played. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but Jermaine Jackson. I'm I think that to think was his this. only hit. But he right? had, he had, I didn't he have, so. um, who had, who had, tell me I'm not dreaming. Remember that? Uh, who was? I think that was Jermaine. That was I don't a big think hit. so, man. I, I think not, this I was his only that. hit, man. I did not know. Who, which, so Jackson brother had that song, uh, tell me I'm not dreaming. You remember which one I'm talking about, Key? There's <laughs> so many of them. Yeah. If I tell you, I'd be lying. <laughs> who? Too good to be true. Tell me, I'm, I'm t- I think that was Jermaine Jackson, like I, around eighty. I, I do not think five or something. Eighty-six. I no, I, I only know that one as Jermaine. That was it. Yeah. I don't know any of his other songs. Everything was Michael and Janet for me. What? Centipede, Rebe. I don't even know what Latoya had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot any of Latoya's songs. We should. Uh, what should we talk about in this segment? You get to vote on it. Key J and Max. Should we talk about the Mets combined no-hitter? 16% said yes. We say no. Not enough percent said yes. NHL playoff preview, 24%. So I guess what? Nope, we're not talking about that either because 26.5% said talk about Embiid's injury. So, nope, not talking about that either because 33% plus said Draymond's ejection. which We've talked about at length today. Draymond's ejection. Jay and I were thinking, yep. Throw him out. He said, nope, don't. Tim Legler came in here and <laughs> said he walked into a pastry shop. There he is. <laughs> Pastries so, around here. We're so sweet, you and me, Jay, on, on, on the ejection. He said, too soft. I don't know. I felt like it was a I felt like it was a combination of first the swipe and you could let that, but then the pull down on the jersey and everything. Is well, this, is this why you love sports? Because we're arguing about it and it still didn't matter because Golden State yeah, still won. won in the end. Here's a different take on on Draymond's ejection. Dave Rothenberg uh, with Key on there and Rick DiPietro on DiPietro and Rothenberg, ESPN 98.7 New York. You know what else I would like? I'd like you to uh, to, to go uh, punch Jay Williams in the head. Do, is this correct that he is he is saying Draymond should have gotten thrown out of the game yesterday? Man, you know Jay 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 going he going he going play to what he believes in because he's an NBA guy and he sees it one way and he thinks that a guy is is reputation is not in play here. I think it is, but Jay knows basketball way more than me and what the do's and the don'ts are. I personally think that. He should have still been playing in the game because I don't see – I see where he was trying to hold the guy up. I won't punch Jay in the head. Have you seen Jay's head? His head is hard. <laughs> and it's tough him up, though. So if I was to punch him in the head, I'd yeah. break my hand. That would be as dumb as hitting a helmet. Yeah. You better toughen him up, though, Key. I don't like your chances. I ain't Bart. When was the last time Bart skipped neck day? Never. You know who's oh, going to play God. on this 2 on 2 Neck When's day. When's the last time Bart skipped neck day? <laughs> neck day. <laughs> <laughs> Not trap day. Yeah, that you see him with, day. like, the, the tire tied around his Just doing the shoulder doing shrugs, the sh- Key. Just bark. Bart, no, getting ready for the game, shoulder shrugs. Thick neck. <laughs> when was the last time he skipped neck day? Big, yeah, what's thick neck? Dave talking about hitting me in the back of the head. I'm not. No, he said back of the head. He said hit punch you in the head. In the head. In the head. That, that in the hurt. face. CTE. First no, of all, hurt. immediately, key, 
had to take it real literally and say, you know, he, if he'd hurt his hand on your head, right? Immediately, Key went into a whole fantasy about actually punching you right in the head, Jay. So you do. If somebody throws a punch, you just put your head down. That's right. You break you your take hand. it on the head. You break your hand. Jay's head is hard like a helmet. Yes, it is. So <laughs> is always someone in the so helmet. So your thick ass head, too. So yeah, I, got a peanut. I got a peanut here. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I'm a peanut score, boy. Oh, cause yeah, you out there six five though. You, yeah. There is this sense though that if you have a if you have a bald head, even if you just shave it bald, somehow you have a hard head, right? Like all, all bald people can't have hard heads. Well, this is such a great thing. This is very true. Yeah. Well, say, so the more hair you have, the more softer your head looks. I guess so. Huh. Yeah, but it just depends on what your head is shaped like. He, Jay's has a perfectly dome. Yeah, he has a nice shaped dome. Yeah, and it yes, and it, yes. it's, yep. it is big. Awkward. It's big. It's it's almost like a homie the clown head. What you know? It's huge. How are you going to compliment somebody's head and throwing homie the clown in the? No, same it's huge. Breath. And then you got the honker on the front. Don't so it's kinda... mess around. So the man trying yeah. to keep you down. Yeah. And it's all. Is it all? <laughs> Say what I said, little kid. Key, is it Look, all Jay. accentuated because because he's so small too? Jay, Key, Don't you go is that part of it? Kid. That his small size with the big head and the big nose. Is that what you're saying? On a relatively small frame, it accentuates it even more. Yeah, but Jay, Jay got a. It's proportionate to his body. It's just that there's a few things that's larger, like his head well, and his yeah. oink, oink, that's, you know. Oink, mm. oink. <laughs> yeah. Like my I daughter, mean, my youngest daughter, my baby, she got a popcorn nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just does. And, it, and you know, Can I know you it's going to grow. I really miss Homie the Clown. Like, the, you know, the, do, you, do you remember Homie the Clown, Max? Homie just seeing little kids get hit upside the he head. He just bad. Just <laughs> he just hit the hell out of them. The little kids. I, I, don't they had a lot of talent on that show, oh, man. Oh, so yeah. much talent on that show. That's like real comedy to me. Homie don't play that. Yeah, exactly. Homie yeah, basically, whenever there was that. a black or white like like a sketch com- comedian, they didn't know what to do with on Saturday Night Live, right? Like They, they somehow wound up on that show, and they were great. Oh. What you doing yeah, the rest of the day, Key? The rest of today... Um, Why are you repeat the go, question? You give yourself time. To well, think no, about because it. I had to think about you. Hit me with that one really fast. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go get my hair cut. Okay, all That's right. Exciting. Because I need yeah, to, hey, I need to get freshened up. up for tomorrow. I have first take along with NFL Live. You got the barber shop show. out there, key with a straight razor and the whole thing, or like yeah. what kind yeah, of? Yeah, I'm going back to a frohawk, so I gotta, uh-huh. I gotta, Ooh, I gotta get my frohawk design right, so when it grows back in, right. You know, I'm gonna let it grow all the way to the summer for my birthday, so I get the fro hawk back. Well, that birthday you know, party this summer, though, boy. They take oh, a good half hour on on the lineup, just in the front with the alcohol and everything. No, nah, I don't let them put alcohol on me. What? Because oh, nah, because on the line just, you don't let them. Do, what? No, nah, I don't put the alcohol on me. Really? Nah. What do you put? What do you, oh. put, you don't put nothing on. Yeah, he's no. just playing the song. I got I was good skin. About. Listen, I ain't bumping up, man. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah but I got good skin. Jackson? I don't, you know. Yes, sir. This is Jermaine Jackson. I knew it. Turn that up. You don't remember this? Tell me I'm I mean, not sure. like a like fake Michael. Michael. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, yeah okay. I thought it was Michael when I first heard it. Oh, another hit by Michael. Oh, no, that's Jermaine. Song was fresh. Is it? Yeah, from 85 or 6 or something. Yeah, I, I don't four. remember that, dog. I was four. I don't. This is y'all. But I, I do remember one thing. Jermaine Jackson plays for the New York Keyshawn Jets. Jay that's what I Max. do remember. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.